Hello and welcome to Feed, Play, Love and this week's Helpline with Mothercraft nurse Chris Minogue. We are coming to you live via Facebook, if you're joining us on Facebook of course, because after we record this live on Facebook, we do podcast every Wednesday. So with that in mind, there are a number of ways you can get in touch to ask Chris your question, whether it be about settling your baby or um, helping your toddler try different foods, anything behavioural, sibling related, all those sorts of challenges that we come across with our young people. Um, You can either pop your question below this video if you're watching us live via Facebook and if you're listening to us via the podcast, send your email to helpline at theparentbrand.com.au. As usual, I have Chris Minogue with us. Hello, Chris. How are you? So I'm well. And how was isolation this weekend? Great. Finished a book. (laughs) <laughs> booking perfect a- any recommendations on the books not that any of our parents will have time to read but you know it was actually just a really easy book the graham norton's second book the keeper or a keeper really good twist in it oh, Very, nice. yeah really really good easy weekend reading okay i like a bit of easy weekend reading well um some people didn't have an easy weekend though <laughs> some people do That's why we're here. Um, We might kick off with an email from Dave. He says, we have a nine-month-old, excellent day napper, one hour in the morning, two hours in the afternoon, excellent eater, four breastfeeds and three very solid meals a day. Inexplicably, she has just started waking between 11.30 p.m. and 2 a.m. every night, utterly inconsolable. We had recently um, successfully cut her down to just one overnight feed. It was all going well for about a week, but now this new excruciating pattern, could it be a delayed reaction to us changing her overnight feeds? Her mood is worse than normal during the day at the moment, but we assume it's due to having a lot less sleep rather than it being teething or difficulty digesting something as she's still eating and day sleeping very well. Have you any thoughts on that one, Chris? I think the things, I mean, that's a beautiful day pattern. She could drop down to three breastfeeds in the day. So predictably at nine months, she would have a morning, a lunchtime and an evening breastfeed. And where they might be doing a breastfeed around that 10 o'clock window, that could substitute out for a snack and her practising using her hands. But in terms of the actual day routine, that is really good. One of the common things that happens now, so she's obviously changing from the two overnight and they're trying to do some settling and get down to one, but also what are the factors that could be waking her? Like, is she too cold? And then when they go in, it's inconsistent. So if the weather's getting cooler, changing up her sleep sack so she's warmer, making sure she's warmer and that her bed is warm. So uh, taking cotton sheets off and putting flannelette sheets on. I think the other clue he's given us is she wakes inconsolably. So I'm not sure whether she wakes and they try and resettle her and she gets to the point of being inconsolable or whether she actually wakes inconsolable because the other thing that could be in the background that could be happening too, which we've spoken a lot about, which is night terrors. And it's not unusual for little babies to have night terrors, and, but they're usually associated with overtiredness at this age 
and she's not a very overtired baby because she's sleeping so well. So I suspect it's got to do with what's happening when they go in and her expectation that she might be getting a feed. So maybe if Dave can go in and start the settling over the next few nights so there's not an expectation that mum might be coming in for a breastfeed and just doing it in gentle ways, laying them back down, pat rock, pat rock until she's calm. She gets herself worked up, give her a cuddle, put her down and start again. And hopefully over three nights, they start to see an improvement where she sleeps through to the point where they're happy giving her a night feed. Now, you um, just spoke about consistency there and suggested that Dave goes in instead of his um, partner. Um, Does it, when it comes to the time where they swap it back around so they're taking it in turns, I guess, if that's what they do, um, what does consistency look like then? Do they just have to follow the same approach in how they settle her? So the consistency is not the person doing it, but the consistency is what they're doing so that she doesn't have one person going in and after a minute picking her up and rocking her to sleep and the next person trying to settle her in a bed before they pick her up and give her a cuddle and then put her down. So making sure that when Dave goes in, for instance, for a couple of nights, it's just changing the pattern of what she expects when someone comes in. And then it doesn't matter if mum or dad come into the room, as long as that they've had a little chat to them with each other and decided what they think would be best for them in settling their child. So, but what I would suggest is to lay her down and try and settle her in a bed for a little bit, then pick her up, give her comfort, calm her down, but put her back down. Um, But this does take a few nights and they should see improvement over three to five days. Okay. Well, that's something to look forward to. Yeah. Can only get better. (laughs) Can only get better. This is from Nicole from our helpline group. So I will mention the helpline group as well. We have a special group on Facebook just for helplines. So people can pop their questions there as well. And this one comes from Nicole. She says, hi, Chris, my four and a half month old takes his day naps of one and a half hours with around one hour, 45 minutes to two hours awake time. So this takes the second nap to waking up around 2, 2 2.30. The problem is the last third nap of the day, he takes a long time to settle, fall asleep, then would wait 10 minutes later. I tried putting him down earlier or later, but he does the same. This obviously means that he's just foul by 6pm for 7pm bedtime. Also, it means that he pretty much is asleep while feeding because he's so tired. Can I get some help with this, please? So I might have to go over this, but I think Nicole was saying that she's got a little four and a half month old that sleeps for an hour and a half in that first window and is awake for about an hour and three quarters to two hours between each cycle. Yes, that's right. So the hard thing about this is somewhere in there something's going wrong because if she's starting her second sleep at about two o'clock or after lunch, there must have been a big gap in the morning. So is this little one overtired? So if the average baby gets up at 6.30 and she's putting that baby down at 8.30 and it sleeps till 10, then I think the baby's getting overtired in that window if it's pushing out too far and that he may not actually need to be awake that long to really watch those cue signs and when he starts whinging to put him down, Um, because most four to five-month-olds are really in the window between an hour and a half and maybe an hour and three quarters. So is that little one getting a little bit overtired all the time and by the end of the day is just really beside itself? So the first thing I do is really watch that timing um, and make sure that 
the sleeps are happening in the right time frame. So that'll help. The fourth sleep of the day, if it's a fourth sleep, but it sounds like it's a third sleep, the last sleep of the day is often very difficult to get because they're either overtired or they've had enough sleep and it's a bit of a tricky window. So that, that last sleep of the day that happens in around 4.30 in the afternoon for this age group, I wouldn't worry about how she gets it. So it could even be a cuddle in your arms to get that sleep. It could be a walk in the pram or a walk in the pouch up nice and warm up against mum to get that, that last sleep in. But I suspect somewhere in here he's awake for a really long period of time and that he's getting over time. So watch the timing and then that last sleep of the day, get it, but don't worry about how you get it because it will drop off as he sleeps better. This one is from Grace and she's joined us on Facebook Live. Hello, Grace. She says, good morning. Could you please help me with my three-year-old? We're having big issues with early rising and getting her to bed. We have recently gotten rid of her dummy for about one and a half weeks. She's been doing pretty well. She has also dropped her day nap, but we have quiet time. Often her little sister is asleep in their room, so we do this in our room or on the couch. With the cooler weather, she's wearing a singlet onesie and sleeping bag overnight as she kicks off her doona. She will wake up at 5am and then wake a nine-month-old sister who shares a room with her, so it's affecting both girls. We try returning her to a bed, encouraging the use of the grow clock and using a reward system, but nothing is working. Come 5pm, she's absolutely exhausted and so difficult to manage. We don't know what to do. Please help. Okay, so... What are we going to do with this little one? So as a three-year-old, she's doing all the right things. She's giving up a day sleep. She's waking early and she's by five, six o'clock at night, she's pretty tired because that's the 12 to 13 hours. But that's where the problem lies. She's probably going to bed early, which is encouraging her to do the early wake-up. So in this case, what we have to do is weirdly to correct it because we needed to go to bed between 7 and 7.30 to see if we can push out of the five o'clock window, just to see if that would work. So what I would do on the weekend is I would give her about a 20-minute nap at 12.30, just enough so she's not cranky at five o'clock, and see if we can put her to bed at 7, 7.30, and see if that helps push through that five o'clock window. So that's one angle to look at. And the second angle is how light is their room at five o'clock in the morning? So depending, is it still dark? Is it getting lighter? Is that's what's waking her um, and inevitably waking her sister as well? So they're the two angles that I would look at. She might actually need that little day sleep just for a day or two to help her get to the 7.30, 7, 7.30 window to help her to sleep till five. Because even if they're pulling her out, if she's up at five and they're still putting her to bed at seven, she'd be overtired and therefore she wouldn't be sleeping well. So go back, little drive in the car, nice and warm. She'll probably doze off for 20 minutes and that might make the difference in her ability to sleep. The next question comes from Sarah on the email. Our four-month-old daughter was a pretty good sleeper from birth, but things have gone a little pear-shaped in the last few weeks. She was giving us a stretch of about six hours from her 10pm dream feed until her next feed around 4am and would then self-settle back to sleep until about 6.30 or 7 
Since we moved her from the bassinet to a cot a few weeks ago, she now only sleeps for four hours after we dream feed, waking up around 2am to eat and then goes back to sleep, but is very restless for the rest of the night and wants to get up for the day around 5am. I have tried resettling her in the crib at 5am, but she stays awake and is then very cranky through the morning. I have also tried giving her a quick feed at 5am and then popping her back down, but that doesn't seem to work either. Her current bedtime is between 6 and 7 and she has 3 naps a day. Is this just a sleep regression that will sort itself out with time or do I need to tweak the timing of feeds or naps? I, with this one, I at six months of age or pretty close to six months or thereabouts, I would drop the dream feed and feed her when she wakes up and she's hungry because I think she would feed more effectively and that might hold her through that five o'clock window. So, you know, you feed her at six, seven, she's in bed, papa six, seven. If she went to two o'clock in the morning and woke because she was hungry, I think she would feed more effectively and that might push her through that five o'clock window. So if she's feeding at 10 o'clock and waking at 2 and not going back to sleep and getting a feed, she's then had two feeds overnight and so she won't feed at 5 o'clock in the morning because she doesn't need to. She's had two feeds overnight. The, that's what I would give as advice here is to try for three nights of dropping the dream feed, let her wake when she's actually ready for the feed, which hopefully would be around 2 she feeds more effectively and it pushes her through that five o'clock window, okay? The other thing to check is to make sure, obviously, that she's not cold because the weather's changed, that she's nice and snug and warm, all of those things that can sort of wake them. And once she's woken a few times, she's sort of wide awake and that's what they're experiencing at five o'clock. So have a think about those angles and see trying one for three days and making sure she's warm. See if that makes a difference. Otherwise, it's a matter of resettling her through the two o'clock one, the one that she picked up. So if you settle her through that one, then she might make it through till six in the morning again. This email comes from Dee. She says, what's the general idea around transitioning from two to one nap? My one-year-old goes to sleep at night around 7, 7.30 and wakes around 6.30 a.m. I used to give her a short morning nap and would wake her by 10 a.m. and to get her back for lunch nap around 1.30 p.m. where she would nap for around two hours. So her awake time is around three and a half hours, but she started to push this. Do I just take a leap and cut her morning nap and give her one earlier lunch nap around 12? Or do I push her morning nap till 11? Will it be odd for her if some days she has two naps and some days she has one? Feeling confused and that with two naps, there's not enough time in the day, but with one nap, there's too much time in the day. Yeah, this is the transition period. But I do find that if you transition them to one sleep before 14 months, the whole thing implodes in themselves. There's something about that 14-month-old and the ability to sustain a one sleep in the day and I do agree, if some day she has two and some day she has one, I think that is very confusing for them. So she's only one, so I'm assuming she's only 12 months old. She's not 13 or 14 months old. So I think a 12-month-old does need two sleeps in the day, and the shortest that they can sort of tolerate in the morning is about 40 minutes. So she might need to stay awake longer, though, before she has the 40 minutes. So she might need to be awake for three and a half hours, then have a little 40-minute nap, 
and then wake three hours or more before she has her afternoon sleep. So her afternoon sleep may not be till 2.30 and then she sleeps till 4.30 and goes to bed at 7.30. And then as she comes closer to, to 14 months, we can drop that first sleep of the day. We give her lunch at 11 o'clock and we put it down at 11.30, but she needs to sleep two or more hours for it to be effective enough to sustain a one sleep pattern. Mm. All right. Hopefully that might define, by the sounds of it, I think we're going back to two sleeps because she's a bit young. Yeah. Not only two more months. Yeah, not long. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Double this... corona. That's about the length of time. <laughs> this is an email from Amber. She says, self-settling, could you unpack what this looks like for baby in practice? How to go about teaching babies to self-settle and how long per session you should reasonably keep at it? Our context, we currently rock and pat our three-month-old boy-girl twins to sleep before transferring them to their bassinets. If they wake up, we repeat the process until they remain asleep. We have great difficulty getting them to self-settle, particularly during their day sleeps. If we want, if we put them in their bassinets, drowsy but awake, they cry, or in the case of our girl, scream immediately. Day sleeps also require a lot more resettling on our part at present compared to nighttime. At nighttime, we do the same at the beginning of the evening, but afterwards they are sometimes able to self-settle. In theory, we are willing to try picking them up, soothing them until calm and putting them back down awake and repeating this until they fall asleep. But in practice, this is made difficult because the resulting whinging crying wakes the other twin since one always falls asleep before the other. Many thanks for reading. P.S. A note of thanks for Chris's suggested three-month day sleep rhythm and feed bath feed night routine. It has taken some work, but so far is going very well for our babies. They are doing four sleeps, four day sleeps, even though the day sleeps are a bit broken at the moment, and only waking for one feed overnight between 7 p.m. and 6 a.m. Oh, they're doing so well. So I think the really good thing is they're in the right space now to try and do some self-settle. And I think the biggest fear of, of couples with multiples and generally twins is that one baby's going to wake the other. And so in this case, they need a very low white noise sound in their room, not loud, because my theory is that that's what wakes them on their sleep cycle. So just very low, nice and low and steady. And with that, we're going to teach them to self-settle. So in order to sit, teach them to self-settle, there's a few things we're going to look at. One, the size of their bed. So do they still fit now that they're three months old in their bed, wrapped or, or swaddled in some way, putting them down? And then we have to actually put them down first. So it comes to the point of them re being ready for bed. We've checked their nappy, changed their nappy, put them into a swaddle, pop them in their bed, tuck them in, and then shut the blinds. So the cueing becomes the nappy change, the swaddle, and the shutting of the blinds. So as we shut that blind down, that tells them this is about sleep. We leave as soon as we hear one, not, not more than a whinge, but not quite an active cry, but, you know, making noise, then we go back and we settle that baby by the rocking and the patting, but in their bed. So think of the way that you rock and pat them now in your arms, and that's the movement that you want to create in their bed. And especially in a bassinet, that's going to work quite well. So a little bit of rocking, a little bit of patting, soothing. They may even have a dummy. This is where you would bring the dummy in. 
and we're trying to soothe them in their bed. If the crying then increases, then pick them up, give them a cuddle and put them down. And this is going to take time. This could take you 20 or 40 minutes, but it's what happens over a week. So over the week, does that timing get shorter? Do you realise one baby can do it on their own and another baby needs a little bit of help from you? So it's, it's the start of it. You may even need to come back and ask us more questions, but you're literally giving them the same cues you give them in your arms, but you're going to do it in their bed. This question comes from Marvi from our helpline group. She says, hi, Chris, your advice was spot on for us in the past, so I'm hoping you can guide us again. We are starting three weeks of house renos this week. House renos this week. My 11 and a half month old has been a pretty reliable sleeper and for the last two months we've got him used to white noise for naps only in preparation for the contractors working across the hall from him. This last week I think he's teasing for the first time and his sleeps have been unreliable. If he refuses his morning sleep, I follow your suggested routine for 14 to 16 months old and he gets just one long sleep. He only sleeps in his bed, no pram, no car, not even a porta cot He usually takes 30 minutes of rolling around, standing up, etc. before he lies down to sleep. If he's not asleep by 40 minutes after going to bed, I get him up so as not to throw the day out too much. Question is, with the added disruption of extra noise, he's such a curious fellow. If he continues to refuse his morning sleep for the next three weeks and we're following the next stage routine with just one long sleep, does this mean we're done for two sleeps forever? Several question marks. I don't think he's ready for that, but three weeks could be long enough for the habit to set in. No matter what routine he's on, he's chilled, no grizzling, etc., Any advice? I'm quite anxious about the next few weeks as his sleep has always been my priority. Quick routine, if his sleeps are perfect, awake at 6.20, plays on his own until around 7am, she goes into breastfeed, 8am breakfast, 9am bed up at 10, uh, 12pm lunch, 1pm breastfeed, 1.30 to 3.45 sleep, 5pm dinner, 7pm bed, sleeps all night. On a one sleep day, he's out of bed at 9.40 a.m. after refusing sleep, does lunch at 11, breastfeed 11.30 and sleep at 12 till 3, but then bed at 7. Okay. So he's too young for one sleep. He he could probably carry it off once in a week, but far, far too young for one sleep. So I think here is he's got to get the two sleeps but you might be able to keep him up for three and a half hours in the morning and then get a 40 minute sleep and then another three and a half hours and then get the afternoon sleep. I don't, I think you'll have to talk to the contractors because obviously if someone's building, even in the next house, it's going to unsettle him, let alone across the room. So the only other suggestion now that Corona's opened up a little bit is can you go maybe over to your mother's place and put him down for one of those sleeps? Or maybe take him for a car ride for the first sleep of the day and put him down in his cot for the second sleep of the day just to give you a little bit of leeway but still maintain the two sleeps over the three weeks of the renovation. So I think in this case he's far, too, far, far too young for one sleep and, and I think your good nights will disappear. So you've got to really work more on the days and, and, and allowing him a little bit more time. So maybe keep him up that little bit longer and then putting him down might help. So practice that. And if that doesn't work, practice some car drives in the morning, up and down, an M, wherever you might be, 
um, and see if we can get a little nap from him so you still maintain the two sleeps in the day. All right. Good luck with that, um, Marvi. That's tough. Um, this is an email from Rebecca. Hi, we have a four-year-old daughter and twin boys who will turn one next week. The boys are currently in our room and we live in a two-bedroom house. We want to move them into our daughter's room, she's excited to share, but need some help on how to manage bedtime for all three. The boys usually go to bed at 6.30, currently fed to sleep with a bottle but happy to change this, and then our daughter goes to bed at 7 and falls asleep on her own listening to stories on a kid's radio station. We weren't sure. We aren't sure how to manage their different needs in the same room, and would love some help. I think this is actually an easy one. You still need that half an hour gap from when you put the boys down to putting your daughter down. I think the difficulty is that the radio will either need to be on when the boys go down, so that as they go to sleep, and they need to be asleep for half an hour before you take in that other child. So the question here is. Can she listen to the radio for half an hour somewhere else and then quietly go into her room and go to sleep? Or do we put the radio on in the boys' room, which in, a, in, the, boy, in the room with the boys, but in a way could actually undo all the good settling that they've been doing because it's a different type of sound. It's not a white noise. So my guess would be I'd put the boys into bed at around the about six quarter to seven. I'd put the four-year-old to bed at 7.30, so a bit more time so the boys are real soundly asleep. But the bit with the radio and listening to the, the story, I feel needs to be in a separate area. So she might have a nice little, you know, one of those pull-out couches she can lay on and listen to it before she goes into her room. And when she goes into her room, then she lays and she's quiet and she goes off to sleep. So I think you need to work out whether you can create that to keep the momentum of the good sleep going and to move them all into one room. Good luck, Claire. Oh, wait, that wasn't Claire. That was Rebecca. Sorry, Rebecca. Good luck. This one's from Claire. She says, uh, actually, this will be the last one we have time for, unfortunately. She says, Claire says, my six-month-old self-settles with the dummy really well for naps and bedtime. She can replace the dummy if she can find one. Until recently at night, she would cry out for the dummy, a feed, and go straight to sleep. She now often cries continuously with the dummy in and requires patting to go back to sleep, sometimes one and a half hours. What strategies can we use to help her go back to sleep on her own without needing us to stay with her until she's asleep? If you need them, she wakes around 6.30 a.m., three naps a day, 45 minutes, two and a half hours, and 30 to 45 minutes, and bed around 7 p.m. Yep. So day sound fine. It's just her night. So we need to make sure that off the back of her day that she's feeding well at the last feed of the day because from when she gets up from that two and a half hours to the point of going to bed at 7 o'clock at night, she's only getting a half hour, 45-minute sleep. So she might be a little bit overtired, therefore not feeding as well as she possibly could, and that might be interfering and changing that pattern at night. So that's the first thing I'd look at. If that ticks the boxes, then the next thing is the way we settle her. So if we're rushing in and just picking that dummy up and putting it in, then we're missing the chance to teach her to self-settle. So if she wakes up and everything's, you know, she's eaten reasonably and she's fed reasonably and it's not a time frame to feed her, then leave her for a few minutes, go in and pat her first 
before offering the dummy. So we're slowing down that dummy use so that when she uses it, it's far more effective. So my baby wakes, I hear them crying, I give her a few minutes to see if she can settle herself or find her dummy. If that's not working, I'm going in, maybe rolling her on a side or if she's, if she's already on a front, on a front and pat rocking her, giving her a few minutes and then offering the dummy. So we're just pulling that back a little and that might help her that when she gets the dummy, it does become a soother and not something she's just automatically spitting back out again. So I'd, I'd work on that for a little bit and see if that improved your nights. Well, thank you for that, Chris. And thank you, everyone, for your uh, questions today. Um, just a reminder that if you are keen to speak to Chris one-on-one or any of our other experts, we have Karina Lane and Joe Ryan as well. Babyology Sleep School is available for people. We'll pop a link in the notes of this episode and also on the Facebook Live if you're watching. So you can have a private consultation with Chris over Zoom if you would like. I'm assuming it's Zoom, but anyway. <laughs> socially distant it is zoom um so if you'd like to do that make sure you get in touch and of course you can always send us your questions for helpline next week or join us live again chris you chris as always thank you so much for your time oh, it's a pleasure thank you thanks a lot see you later see you next week bye 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 feed play love is a babyology podcast produced and presented by me siobhan hunt I'd love to hear from you, so if you'd like to get in touch, email me at feedplaylove at theparentbrand.com.au. See you next time.